Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim, Chet, Chesco. Hey, Chet, jump on the bandwagon. The Eagles are back. Don't forget it. The Flyers win 2-3 of on their Western Canada trip before returning to a 3-0 win last the Sixers are off to a 5-2 start after – they're all banged up, though. And the Sands went from a promising start. Uh, let's just call them an also-ran after falling to Ohio State to drop three in a row. And some fearless picks we're going to make this week. There's plenty to talk about, and we're going to cover it all. Well, Bill, I think we can drop the Penn State segment because there's not a whole lot to say about them anymore. Let's just forget about that. Uh, the Sixers looking pretty good, though. They're off to a 5-2 and two start despite being shorthanded sometimes. Who needs Ben Simmons? We don't. The Flyers got a big Ooh. shutout win. Yeah, exactly. The Flyers got a big shutout win last night. That was great to see. And, yes, I actually watched some of it, Bill. It's not even January. How about that? Now, as far as your Eagles are back statement, I know you were being just a bit, you know, facetious there, but that's okay. We'll certainly get into that with our first guest. And oh, during the show, Bill, I have to try to finish off all of my leftover Halloween candy. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, what did you did you take us a picture of your uh, costume? <laughs> this is how I look all the time, Bill. No costume. Uh, hear you. Hey, as you mentioned, a couple of great guests tonight. Uh, our good friend, former Villanova, Eagles linebacker, broadcaster, author, charity golf organizer, the man, Kevin Riley, does it all. And we'll have a first ever visit to the show from Inquire.com 76ers reporter Gina Mizell to talk all things Sixers. Yeah, Gina, originally from the West Coast. Uh, she's new to the Sixers beat, doing a great job, though, covering the team with our pal Keith Pompey at the Inquirer. And it's been quite a while since we last talked to Kevin Riley. So he's here. Let's get it going, Bill. Let's get it going. Uh, I can't introduce him any better than I already did. So welcome back, Kevin Riley, to Philly Press Box Radio. Hey, good to see you guys and to talk to you guys. I'll tell you what, Gina coming on next. I've been listening to her broadcast. I mean, you know, it's tough for anybody to take a seat after you lose Mark, you know, uh, Zuma. 
And, you know, it's just unbelievable the job she's doing. You guys are going to be in for a real surprise and a treat tonight. Yeah, the Eagles, um, maybe they started listening to the fans and talk radio. I don't know, but they found out you could run the football. And um, as we've been saying over time, offensive linemen, especially when you're changing them up where they're not consistently together because they work as a team so well, more than any other aspect on the football field, do they need teamwork? They don't have, you know, they don't have the rotations like other, um, you know, positions do. That when you do that, if you would ask an offensive lineman if he'd rather pass block or run block, no matter if there's a rookie, a veteran, or all pro, they're going to tell you they'd rather run block. You're in control of the count when you run block. You know where you're supposed to go. Uh, you don't have to step take a step backwards and all those sort of things. So it really proved to be, you know, um, very positive for the Eagles offense. And then everything else starts to work, like play action passes, hitting the tight end across the middle because he's got time to run a crossing pattern. So I saw some very positive things. Let's hope we can build on it. You know, Sirianni was talking about these flowers growing and the roots and all that. Well, you know, last week it looked like Longwood Gardens down here. I want to tell you. Uh, but it was yeah. the Lions. Yeah, now the Lions are 0-8, okay? We know that. But they played everybody tough with the exception of maybe two games this year going into the Eagles matchup. Uh, they played the Rams tough just a week earlier. We saw the Eagles run the ball quite a lot, maybe more than anybody could ever expect in the win over the Lions, something like 40 runs from the running backs, which is crazy. We didn't expect that. Is this something they can do, though, run the ball at least, you know, a little more than they had been, do it successfully going down the road? I mean, the Chargers are, I think, dead last against the run. Yeah, well, you know, it was, you know, uh, one of those situations where last week they knew that, you know, they could run the ball against that team, and they did. And I just feel bad that, you know, Saunders is out now. Here's a guy that's been patiently waiting to get his shot, and they've only been giving him so many targets a game, so many carries a game. And here they decide to run the football, and he's not there. But I'll tell you what, uh, I think they got three good guys now in Gainwell, uh, you know, you've got Boston Scott and we're going to bring back Howard. I mean, Howard looked like he, they used to say about uh, Yogi Berra, he could roll out of bed and hit a single. I think Howard looked like he could roll out of bed and get a first down, which was impressive. He's the kind of guy that just gives you everything he has. He's got that championship blood in him, you know, from, you know, being a thousand yard rusher time and time again. So, I think it can. And more importantly, it sets up so many things. I love the way until he got hurt that Rager was running those speed sweeps. You can see that guys have a hard time with that kind of speed uh, getting angles on people. And he was picking up some nice yardage. And you'd like to see what else they could do. I was holding my breath, though, on the pass play where they threw back and threw back through, you know, the quarterback <laughs> threw it out. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, thank God that turned out all right. So I think this offense could go forward, and I think probably, you know, last week's games gives them a little bit of confidence, and let's see if they can run against the Chargers. They do want to keep the ball away from the Chargers' offense, so one way to do it is to have long drives, and one way to do that is to run the football. Hey, Kevin, coming out of college, or in college, I was a huge Jalen Hurts fan. I, I thought he was a great college player. Was surprised that he ended up here in the second round. Uh, not real 
thrilled with how he's played as the Eagles quarterback to this point. What's your thought? You know, like you, Bill, I just thought this guy was can't miss. I saw him play as a freshman the first time I was ever at a big game like Alabama. My stepson went there, and I was really curious. I watched him on the field, but I watched him more off the field when he came to the sidelines. Here was a freshman that was talking to the seniors, patting them on the back, getting advice from the backup quarterbacks as to what was next. He looked mature beyond his years. Uh, he is also, no matter what you've seen with him so far, good, bad, or indifferent, he never seems to let it bother him. He's very poised on the football field. The only other guy that I've seen with that kind of trait, game in and game out, is Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's at a Thanksgiving Day football game, you know, across <laughs> in the field. Um, he's smiling sometimes, He's always, but he always looks like he's in control. I love that about Jalen. One of the things that I thought uh, he was better at than people gave him credit for was his accuracy. I'm starting to believe that might be a little bit of a problem right now. The other thing is, remember, he's, what, 12, 13 games into starting? Yep. I remember, um, you know, people telling me about how when you come up as a, as a quarterback, you're lucky if your first year you see a third of the field well. And then, you know, as you continue to play, you see the half of the field. And I'll tell you who told me about it personally because I was his agent for a year was Richie Gannon from the <laughs> University of Delaware. He said when he got out of um, the first two teams that he played with and he got out there in uh, Kansas City, he said he had been off a year getting his, his shoulder rebuilt, not rebuilt, but a lot of damage had been done. He couldn't believe how well he felt after sitting out a year in rehab. And, and he said when he went to camp that year, um, he said it was unbelievable. He started to see the whole field. And he said, I can only liken it to when you're in first grade and you read a word and then you read two words and a phrase and all of a sudden you read a sentence and you're off and running. So let's give him a little bit of um, – you know, uh, space here to grow a little bit. I was, there was a play last week that I counted. He was 11 seconds. He had time to throw the ball and threw an incompleted pass. Man, you just got to tell your wide receivers, if you see me like that and the speed they got, go long and I'll throw it up there. Um, that's the only thing I'm worried about right now is that I think he got a little bit of confidence from last week's game. The other thing I think that he's getting actually better at I don't know if you saw how he ran the football last week, but my goodness, he gets the top speed in three steps and he's got some moves that uh, would be, you know, prideful for a wide receiver to have. I just hope he doesn't get hurt doing it. But, you know, with that big body, I don't think they think that he moves that fast and he certainly does. Well, Kevin, uh, it's going to depend certainly on what happens over the course of the rest of the season. But there was a report today, Chris Mortensen, saying on a podcast with Adam Schefter that he believes the Eagles are going to make a real big push for Russell Wilson in the offseason. Do you see that happening? I could see that happening. I, I don't think, uh, you know, the brass, uh, the, the owner and uh, uh, general manager are, I think it's this whole thing right now, with Hertz is we're going to wait and see. And if I think he continues to play at the level he's playing now, I think it's a possibility. Uh, I think if he continues to improve and guys, I, you know, I look, I look at the schedule. I got it right here in front of me. You know, I picked a win last week against the lions, the chargers, that should be a loss. 
You look, the Broncos, ah, that's probably a loss, but it could, might not be. I see a loss to the Saints. But then they play the Giants away. That's a win. The Jets, that's a win. Washington home, that could be a win. The Giants, again, they should win that one. And then they play Washington again. And they'll be playing the Cowboys in the last game of the season. But if the Cowboys have won the division, they may start their second string. So, you know, there could be five or six wins here coming down the pike if they get their act together. Now, mm-hmm. part of that, I'm going to switch here and tell you, they got to start blitzing again. They blitzed last week, and look what happened. They put pressure on a quarterback. I know it was, you know, against a bad football team, the Detroit Lions. But, hey, if they didn't do that, we just said, hey, they didn't perform even against the Lions. They've got to get guys blitzing and stop with this two-deep college defense that's a prevent defense in effect, and it puts so much pressure on the front four, they can't get off the blocks. And, you know, we've got linebackers that aren't big enough to really be playing on third downs. I mean, all three downs, so we have to switch them out. If they can do continue just to follow the pattern of last week, I think they could improve enough because there's talent on that team to win five or six games down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I said it when it was happening. Uh, Fletcher Cox got on the post game after a very frustrating game said some things probably publicly that he probably shouldn't have said, or at least I thought sounded bad for him. And next thing, it sounds like he might be on a trading block. Sounded almost like there was a deal done yesterday or today uh, that they just didn't pull the trigger on. Um, is Fletcher, Fletcher Cox out of gas, I guess, for one? And two, uh, you've been in those frustrating positions. Uh, better to stay away from the microphone, eh? <laughs> you know, uh when they catch it in the heat of the moment and, you know, you could tell he was frustrated and and guys, let's be honest, the entire coaching staff is under 40 and, you know, you start being coached by guys that maybe you don't think have been in the arena or coached long enough and you're not having success and a lot of frustration and maybe some doubt comes to mind. Now, when I was playing, we had a linebacker coach by the name of Walt Michaels and he was old school. And he was all pro. And as big as Bergie was, there wasn't one of us linebackers that would ever go one-on-one with him. (laughs) So we would have never said anything detrimental about him. But he also had your back all the time. Uh, I think it was out of frustration. But I do believe that Fletcher Cox is starting to slow down. And, you know, you can only take on double teams. What's this, his seventh year doing that where it becomes burdensome? And I know what he wants. He wants that single team now. And how do you do that? You blitz people because you can't. they can't be double teaming you. So I understand his frustration. He wants to go where he gets sacks instead of, like he said, chasing after bubble screens. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, uh, old guys like Bill and I remember you from your time with the Eagles in 1973 and 74. But we also know that you're a great friend of the legendary coach, Dick Vermeil, who didn't arrive until 76. Now, you and Dick are great friends, and it certainly seems like Coach Vermeil will be going into the Hall of Fame. You know, we're gonna, He's going to get inducted next year. We assume they'll make it official right before the Super Bowl. I want to ask you, how did you and Coach Vermeil become friends and how happy are you with what seems to be a lock for him going into Canton? Well, it is basically a lock, but you're just say that he right. is, um, let's see, Ray Dittinger told me how to phrase it because I had to introduce him the other night. 
and I wanted to say Hall of Fame coach. And it's it's almost a done deal when right, you get right. picked that early and you don't have the competition. You see, there, he's in a class by himself now with coaches. They used to be uh, in the same class with the players. And that's mm -hmm. where you probably had to go to the vote. He's a shoe in. I can guarantee you that. Um, but how I got to be friends with him is, you know, I'm with New England and um, uh, I go to training camp and, and I get cut. And I wasn't one of Chuck Fairbanks' favorite people, so I, kn I knew it was coming. So what I did, and you guys have read my book, when I uh, showed up at the Eagles practice, jumped the fence and, and uh, bothered Coach McCormick about I'd like to have a tryout and how it worked out when I thought it wouldn't. I thought maybe I'll try it on Dick. So I went up to training camp and he was walking off of the uh, practice field up there at Widener College. I tapped him on the shoulder and I scared the hell out of him. And he turned around. That didn't put me in the right positive frame of mind. But, um, you know, I told him I was available. He listened to me. He took down my number, but I never got a telephone call. And, you know, one day uh, I'm going to ask him why. And I, I might have been because I was kind of sent to New England because I became the alternate player rep. Yeah. And that was not taken lightly. Uh, Tom Dempsey was the player rep, but I was the alternate player rep. And both of us got traded within two weeks. So that could have been the problem. But I got to know Coach through the guys that I played with. We, you know, would off-season, then running his golf tournament. And we've just really become good friends. He's just a, a really great guy. I enjoy his company. And his wife, Carol, is a great human being also. And, and um, it's, just, it's just great being friends. We have a lot in common. Uh, I would have loved to have played for him. I, you know, I would have gone through a wall for that guy because he cared about you. Is it yeah, 85? Is that correct? Yeah, he turned 85 on October 30th. And the reason I know that's my wife's birthday, too. Ah, okay. I forget that. I'm in big trouble. Uh, but no, coach is, uh, I'll be with him uh, tomorrow night. Bill Bradley, number yep. 28, getting inducted into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. He called yep. me 10 minutes ago to see if I'd introduced him. Do you believe that? I got like. <laughs> A night to figure out how to introduce this guy, you know, super. That Bill sounds Bradley. like Bill. <laughs> and he said, well, listen, don't he said, just, you know, play it by ear. Oh, my God, Bill, you just don't play stuff like that by ear, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, now that I was going just to relax, I'm going to be all stressed out trying to introduce him. And there's 16 uh, people being introduced. And uh, if they follow the usual protocol, B is in boy is right up there with A. He may be number one. So we're looking forward to that. But. Coach is 85. I had an hour interview with him uh, this summer. He was as sharp as a tack. We didn't oh, have yeah. one retake. Nice. Wait, speaking of good friends, Kevin, uh, you were a guest host at Ray Didinger's play uh, not too long ago. Um, guest host on part of the question and answer. I was there a few nights before that uh, when Coach McGee was there. Uh, where I got to see the play for the first time, the first time you saw it, and how did you like it? Oh, we had a ball. You know, Ray, uh, I had done it before for Ray four years ago with uh, um, Frank LeMaster. We just happened to show up. Ray didn't even know it, and he had us come down. What I was surprised with, Bill, is he said there's going to be – Kevin O'Reilly and I came down to the stage. By the way, how about that theater? No microphones needed. It is completely – uh, you know, acoustically balanced. Yeah, great so area. I went down uh, and got with Ray and he brought a couple of the actors on and he said, anybody wants to leave free to leave. This is, you know, 
the end of the end of the play and about 10% of the people left. I thought at least 50% would leave, but um, I got the third question. And of course you're going to, you're going to love this bill. Cause you could relate to this guy says, I got a question for Kevin, but before I answer question, I got to tell you that you were my substitute teacher at Salesianum when I had Jim my sophomore year. I said, thanks for making me feel really old. I said, it's not bad enough that my prostate's enlarged, and when I pee, it's in Morse code. But you got to bring that up. (laughs) We had had a ball. It went on for 20 minutes and could have gone longer. Guys asking great questions. Well, Kevin, just one last thing here. Uh, This is your 17th visit to our show over the last seven-plus years. We appreciate that. It is our 363rd show. But uh, Bill and I feel we are still growing as a show. It's kind of like that flower, you know, taking root and just waiting to break through. We have to keep fertilizing it. There's often a lot of fertilizer on this show. But I just want to show this a a never-before-seen clip of one of our recent Philly Press Box Radio pre-show Pep rallies right here. Let's keep this thing rolling. Yeah, man. Keep that moose going, baby. Run your thing. Run your thing. There you go. <laughs> is he the man or is he the man? Tell oh, me. he is the man. You got to love Kelsey. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I'll tell you what, we're out of time already, my friend. Uh, As always, great to talk to you. And uh, 17 times, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to keep going. I've loved every every one. That's Harold Carmichael's number. He just got inducted in the Hall of Fame. And Billy Bradley's number 28. John Bunninger, I happen to be at at table 28. Go figure. (laughs) So I will mention that when I'm on for the 28th time. And maybe hi to Super Bill for us. We love Bill. Say hi. Yeah, All say right. hi to we Bill Ford. Kevin, thanks for coming, my friend. All right, talk to you later, guys. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Hey, Chet, if your couch is getting more mileage in your car, it's time to all states pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, Bill, you know that. And uh, I don't have my copy here. Wait, there it is. Okay. <laughs> you think I'd have it memorized by now, but I don't. Yeah, all states pay as you go auto insurance. It puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent. You know by now that in Westchester, PA, that is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610 430 0700. Once again, 610 430 0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese. And you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Hey, Chet, speaking of Allstate and Dave LaVoy, I did get to speak to Dave yesterday. Uh, yeah, how's he doing? He, he's home. Uh, he's on the mend. He's fighting off some serious pain issues. Got lots of broken bones, as mentioned. Uh, but he's heading in the right direction. He's in good spirits and uh, hopes to get back out and about soon. So, Dave, keep pushing along and uh, good luck. Get well soon, Dave. All right, Chet, let's talk Sixers. All right. As mentioned uh, in the opening, banged up team right now. Uh, they're off to a five and two start to playing again tonight. Um, they're, they're without a lot of players. 
Yeah, they are indeed. Uh, and we found out Tobias does indeed have COVID. It wasn't like a false positive or anything. So he's probably going to be out uh, for several games. So they're going to be without him for a while. Danny Green not in the lineup tonight as well. Joel Embiid is in the lineup tonight. Um, hopefully that'll you know continue thank, for a while. Thank him. Thank him for <laughs> yeah, that. I will. They got a lot of games coming up in a short amount of time. So, you know, hopefully he will stay in there as many games as possible. <laughs> They're five and two, though. So they are off to a good start. Um, yeah, they don't have that 6'10 all-star point guard that you don't want to name anyway. Um they're you in the middle game right now. Earlier too. <laughs> I did. Jeez. The middle game of a three-game homestand, and that is underway as we speak. So keep it going, Sixers. All right. Well, you had a chance to sit down with Inquire.com 76 reporter Gina Mizell uh yesterday. Obviously, they have a game tonight, so she's she's at work, but uh she's making her first visit to Philly Press Box Radio. Tell us all about it. Now, Kevin had uh, her confused with Kate Scott, so not Kate tonight, but we do have, hopefully, Kate in the works down the road, working on that. Um, yeah, we have a lot of great people to talk about the 76ers, as you know, D. Lynham, T uh, Tyrone Johnson, Crystal Rich, Keith Pompey, and this week we do have the first-timer, as you mentioned. It's the colleagues of Keith at the newspaper. That's all you need to know going into uh, this chat with her. We talked about 24 hours ago, and right now, Gina Mizell, and it happened yesterday. And I'll tell you, she was great. She did a great job. She certainly knows what she's doing. She was, uh, you know, out west for much of her career. She looks like she's 22, but she's not quite that young. Right now, Gina and me talking Sixers. We love talking 76ers basketball here on Philly Press Box Radio, and we love having newcomers join us, and we got the best of both worlds right here. Visiting with us for the very first time, new to this year's Sixers beat at the Inquirer and Daily News, it is Gina Mizell. Gina, how are you? I am great. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. So glad you're able to do this. Um, for full disclosure, we are talking Tuesday afternoon, so a day before the Sixers Wednesday night game. And before we talk basketball, let's talk a little bit about you, Gina. For people who don't know your story, you are new to Philly as of a couple of months ago, and you spent most of your previous time, I believe, on the western side of the country. So tell us about your journey, where you've been, and how you ended up in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, new to Philadelphia and have been loving my time here so far, both from a professional level. Um, you know, this is obviously a very interesting team to be covering right now and for on a personal level as well. But yeah, I've, I've been a, a beat writer for about 10 years now, over 10 years, actually. And like you mentioned, mostly been on the western part of the country. I, I grew up in Phoenix and actually was um, living and working there for about three years prior to moving to Philly. But before that, I'd been in Denver covering the Nuggets, um, was in Portland covering college football, also covering college football in Oklahoma, and had, you know, a stop in, in small town, uh, Beaumont, Texas, along the way as well. So yeah, I've kind of, this, this industry takes you to a lot of really cool places. And, um, you know, Philly is, is a, a spot that I'm really, really excited to be in just because of the passion of this fan base being, you know, in an East Coast media market um, and obviously covering a very, very interesting team and on a great Inquirer staff that has uh, gone, gone under kind of a revamp um, over the past several months. And so I'm really excited to be a part of that and to be diving into this season. Yep. Okay, so you get to Philly and the major story, you know, as soon as you arrive and ever yeah. since, and still a big story, of course, is the Ben Simmons mess. It was really crazy the week right before the season started, as you're well aware. What's it been like for you and your colleague, our pal Keith Pompey, covering all of that? 
yeah, obviously it's it's very interesting to be dropped into arguably the biggest story in the NBA and one of the biggest stories in sports. And like you mentioned, it got particularly hectic when um, Simmons arrived back in, in Philadelphia and took his COVID tests and then was, you know, in protocols for a few days and then came back to practice, was kicked out of a practice, suspended for the opener, then comes and addresses the team and says he's not mentally ready to play. And then the last couple of days, we've gotten little snippets of him, whether it was, you know, on exercise bike after a shoot around or, you know, just kind of seeing him with player development coaches with a basketball in his hand. And so there's still a lot of uncertainty as far as just, you know, when he's going to return, if he's going to return. But, you know, he has been at least with the team in some capacity when they've been at home. So, yeah, it's going to be a story until there's some sort of resolution, whether it's that he returns to the court, gets traded. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of this limbo situation right now, which, again, it is very interesting to sort of try to track day to day. What's your best guess? Is he going to actually play a game with the Sixers or is he not? Is he going to be traded in the next month or two? Or what, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, it's really tough to know. And then that's when I'll be candid and say, you know, I don't know Ben Simmons. Like personally, we've never had a chance to have a conversation. And so it's hard for me as someone who's new to get a read on what he's thinking. My, my colleague that you mentioned, Keith Pompey, has done some incredible reporting on this, just kind of how we got to this point and sort of covering the day-to-day -day stuff with him. But uh, the, the date I would keep an eye on is December 15th, because that is the day that players that signed a free agent contract this past summer are able to be traded. They cannot be traded right now, but they can be traded on December 15th. So that would just open up the pool of players available a little bit more. So whether you're doing a direct trade, whether you're trying to do a three-way trade, it just opens up more options for, for Daryl Morey. But as far as what happens in the meantime, between then or between now and the trade deadline or whatever kind of benchmark you want to put on it, I don't know. I mean, it's just interesting because players and Doc Rivers, like they're acting like, you know, we would, if he's ready to come back, we would, we would bring him back onto the team. But also at the same time, they're sort of operating under the assumption or under the reality that he's not here right now. So they have to figure out how to win games without him while also knowing that he could come back. And so, like I said, it's just this weird sort of limbo situation. And, and I'm fascinated to see how it all ends up, you know, both in the, in the long term and of course, you know, in the interim as well. And they have been winning without them. They're five and two as we speak. So uh, things are looking pretty good for the most part. They yeah. had a very good off season, adding a couple of guys who've been off to a great start here this year, George Niang and Andre Drummond. You wrote a story about him a few weeks back. Are you mm -hmm. surprised at how well Niang and Drummond have fit in right away? Well, those are two veterans that sort of know know their roles. And, you know, Andre Drummond's in an interesting situation because he was, you know, formerly an all-star, a, a rebounding leader, a, a max player, and, and is sort of now getting a, a, a chance to revitalize his career with Doc Rivers, who he's known for a decade, uh, which is in that story that, that you just mentioned. And, and George Niang, I mean, he comes from a team in Utah where – um, you know, he shot amazingly from three point range and then sort of carried that over. And and here he's even gotten a chance to kind of play a little bit more with the ball in his hands as far as driving. And, you know, he's being asked to, to play some small ball five in some certain situations. But when you kind of think of those two, it's like those are two veterans who filled needs that this team needed. This team needed a backup power forward. We saw that 
pop up in the playoffs last year whenever Tobias Harris had to, you know, leave the game just to get some rest. And then, you know, obviously I think Andre Drummond is, is an upgrade over Dwight Howard at that backup center spot. So no, those were, you know, kind of two, two free agency acquisitions that aren't going to pop off the page when those flurries of, of signings and trades and, and everything is happening on, on, you know, what's normally July 1st, I think it was August 3rd this year, but um, you know, the, just like two, two, pieces that are helping this team, a team that was already first in the Eastern Conference. And so you're going to kind of be making those moves along the margins unless you make some sort of blockbuster trade with Ben Simmons involved. But yeah, those two guys have played well and, and particularly played great in that win against Portland on Monday night. All right, Joel Embiid. He's been listed as questionable just about every game this year. He sat out Monday night, and they won without him. It was deemed rest. He looks great some nights. He looks like he's struggling a bit some of the other time with that knee is it, this going to be the case all season with Joel, do you think? I mean, it, it's kind of been the case a lot of his career, if you want yeah. to be frank about it. And so, it, you know, not not an ideal start for him where, you know, he got so much praise during the preseason that he had come in, obviously, in, in the best shape of his life and that he was ready to build off an MVP caliber season and people saying, you know, he probably would have won MVP if he had stayed healthy for more of the season, but he gets his knee knocked in that first game of the season and you could tell that it was bothering him. I mean, you see him at, at shoot around or after games and it's just like wrapped in this giant ace ace bandage with, I don't know if it's ice or a heating pad or something is, is trying to, you know, keep it, keep it healing. But um, they, they emphasize, the Sixers emphasize to us that he missed Monday's game because of rest and, and not because of the knee per se, that this is they're about to, now they're in the midst of a stretch of playing six games and nine nights, including two back-to-backs, their first two back-to-backs of the season, so that this was already planned. And it, it was almost, I feel like, so planned that then when Tobias Harris unexpectedly goes out and enters health and safety protocols, um, it, it, it created such a unique situation in that Blazers game. But it was like, you know, a scheduled planned off day, but we'll see how he looks now, um, you know, as we go forward throughout this next, you know, week to 10 days, because there just are a lot of games now crammed into this time period. Hey, a couple other guys we should mention, both off to real good starts. Seth Curry, who's been shooting great, and Tyrese Maxey, who's just so much fun to watch. You agree? You like watching these two guys? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Seth Curry, yeah, he's been shooting the lights out of the ball, and, and again, is a guy that needed to step up um, with Tobias Harris out, with Joel Embiid out, and he had that game in Oklahoma City about a week ago where he scored like 21 points in the first quarter, something bonkers like that. And then, yeah, Tyrese Maxey, it's it's definitely a work in progress for him as far as learning how to be an NBA starting point guard and, and kind of striking that balance between attacking and try, looking for his own shot and getting to the basket with also distributing and running the offense and, and moving the ball. But he's a super, super hard worker and just – has such a fantastic, um, like effusive personality that people just love being around and love gravitating towards. So I think that bodes well for him too, because people want to help him develop. And he's really good at like taking criticism and not getting down on himself, just being able to kind of take it in and and still be a, a positive presence. So again, we'll, we'll see if, if that's the long-term solution as far as Maxi playing that point guard spot, or if still maybe a move is made to bring in um, someone with a little more experience or, you know, kind of a straight up lead guard. But yeah, both those guys in the backcourt have certainly had their moments in, in the early season, particularly Curry with the way he's been shooting the ball. Gene, I would normally ask you for a prediction for how things are going to go, you know, into the spring, the playoffs. But given <laughs> Simmons' uncertainty, I won't even do that. Appreciate it. Yeah. But, but I didn't tell you about this. We normally put first-time guests in the hot seat to wrap up our initial interview. So okay. the little thing we do we call uh, Fast Five. Five simple questions, I hope, five brief answers. So you want to give it a shot? 
Let's do it. All right, here we go. Number one, Gina Mizell. Other than covering the Sixers, of course, what's the most fun thing that you've done since moving to the Philly area a couple of months back? Um, I've gone and seen, I think now, eight um, musicals, either, either in New York or in Philly, and going to D.C. to see my first show here. It'll already have happened by the time this airs. But, yes, going to see musicals, excited theaters are open again. That's my other weird thing that I do. <laughs> well, I know that because on your Twitter profile, it indicates you're a fan of musicals. Other than Hamilton, what is your all-time favorite musical? Rent, and that's what I'm seeing in D.C. on Tuesday. Ah, nice. I like Jersey Boys. I liked Once, and of course. Oh, I'm... Once is great. Yes. Yeah. All of, yes, very good choices. Number three, we often joke with your colleague, Keith Pompey, about rooting for the New York football giants. Gina, fess up. What non-Philly sports teams do you root for? Yeah, well, I'm from Phoenix, so I'm a huge Arizona State football fan. My family grew up with season tickets. So, um, yeah, that's definitely college football is, is probably the sport that I watch the most as a fan, as, as not a work person. So, yeah, ASU, go Devils. That's the, that, those, are my, those are my guys right there. All right. Number four, as a beat reporter, you, of course, travel a lot. What's the worst thing about traveling? <laughs> the early morning alarms when you have to set an alarm for three o'clock in the morning not enjoyable especially after a long night of games so team no sleep is uh, one of my favorite hashtags on twitter because of those early flights i see number five great sports movies in no particular order what are the first three that come to mind when i say great sports movie okay um remember the titans is the first one that comes to mind for me um league of their own comes to mind and um, Rudy, I guess, <laughs> that's kind of the, I guess, staying on the college football brain. But yeah, <laughs> Remember the Titans is my favorite sports movie for sure of all time. Not a fan of Rudy, but I'll let you slide on that one. Okay, fair. Uh, I have one, one more bonus question. Since we just had Halloween, I'm yes. going to ask you, what is your favorite Halloween candy? Ooh, um, anything with caramel, I would say. So like Twix or Milky Ways. Um, but I also like Starburst. And I will confess, because I feel like this is a very... Um, controversial topic, but I am one of those people who actually likes candy corn. I know most people don't, but I do like candy corn. So if you have any left over, I will take it off your hand. So. <laughs> no candy corn, but I do like Twix and Reese's peanut butter cups and a very underrated one, Mr. Goodbar. Love the Ooh, Mr. Goodbar. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Okay. Inquirer.com's Gina Mizell. Gina, great to have you visit Philly Press Box Radio. Hopefully you'll come back and do it again sometime. Anytime. I appreciate it, Chet. Have a good one. Hey, good stuff. Uh, certainly smooth and uh, it's on top of her game, that's for sure. Yeah, Jean is great. I really enjoyed talking to her. And uh, sorry about that video crap stuff because uh, I will never use the share technology again. I think I've used it four times and twice now it crapped out like that where it's jumping all around. But uh, Mr. I Goodbar, that, I Bill. I thought that was me. <laughs> no, no. Mr. Goodbar, I highly recommend the Mr. Goodbar underrated candy, as I said. Okay. Sounds good. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, I'm going to be a fan of her because she's a fan of college football. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Arizona, how can you not be? Right. Hey, Some devils. Some exactly. devils, baby. All right. Hey, let's give a shout-out to all the shows that will be live on the Philly Sports Network this week, including this one. Uh, this episode is being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and now on Twitch as well. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, like buttons, and share with your family and friends. In addition to this great show, check out our partners in Philly sports, including the Broad Street Bullies podcast It's back. F. Drew and Doyle can be heard Monday mornings at 9 a.m. talking all things Flyers. They also have a remote, live remote coming up 
November 13th at 5 p.m. at 13th Child Brewery, 345 South Main Street, Monroe Township, New Jersey. Stop by and talk Flyers hockey with the guys. Edge of Philly Sports Live. Join Joe, Freddie, and Big Al as they cover four for four and so much more Philly sports. Watch live Wednesday. That's tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Birds IQ, Eric and Kyle Quinn are back. Catch them Thursday nights at 7 p.m. talking all things birds. And Patterson Avenue Fanatics every Saturday at 9 a.m. Wake up and have breakfast with the gang. TK, Marks, James, Dave, Paul, and Damon. And get your Philly sports talk on. If this is a show or the podcast on all the major platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on all Philly sports by visiting eopsports.com with great articles from our huge staff of contributors, subscriptions, subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can sign up at eopsports.com. Yes, you can. All right, Chet, time again for us to make our fearless NFC East predictions. But first, how'd we do last week? I took a couple reaches this this week. Lost them both, I believe. Uh, Not a good week for me, for sure. Yeah, you took a shot with uh, not only Washington to beat Denver, which I guess was possible, but you also actually took those Lions to beat our Eagles, Bill. Shame on you. We're just a little off on that one by, what, 38 points or something like that. Hard to believe (laughs) how bad the Lions are, Chad. (laughs) Boop and I were 4-1 and for the week. You were 2-3, and cementing your hold on last place, by the way, Bill. So for the season, I'm 22-11. and Boop stays a game back at 21-12. and Bill, you are 18 and 15, now four games behind this guy. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> hey, All right. I, I, I want to ask you, though, Chet, what do you think? You know, sometimes as fans, we get frustrated. We watch games and we wonder, oh, this team's no good and this player's no good. But how would you like to be Jared Goff? You're the starting quarterback for the Rams, and now you're the starting quarterback for the Lions. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, some of the blame is on him. You know, he has kind of regressed, it seems. But, yeah, he's playing on a bad team, so that doesn't help matters. But, yeah, he went from a team that was a legitimate contender. I guess they're, what, 7-1, and 6-2, and two, something like that. And now he's with Detroit, and they're 0-8. Yeah, quite a difference. And, you know, you wonder when that team's just going to give up. As I said, they stayed in all the games for the most part, the first seven weeks, but they did not look like they were into it on Sunday against our wonderful Eagles. No. And, and the flip side, how would you like to be Matt Stafford? He wakes up like it's Christmas day every day because he went from the lions to the Rams. He, he yeah. got, he's got the flip side of the coin. Every day is Christmas for him. Right, Much now. better situation for Matt. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, uh, we, we mentioned Bob Vitrone. I believe he did. Uh, he's our guest picker throughout the season. And we appreciate that. And I trust that you have hoops picks ready to go. So, here we go. Let's start with our throw-in game. The 7-1 Packers minus Aaron Rodgers. Visit the 4-4 four four Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus 1. Broncos are at the Cowboys. Cowboys minus 10. Raiders visit the Giants. The Raiders minus 3. And the Chargers visit the Eagles. The Chargers are minus 1.5. The Washington football team has the week off. Thank goodness. Let's Where do we have go? boop pick first. Then I'll go. And then you go last tonight. So who do you right. like? 7-1 Packers, 4-4 four four Chiefs. 
Boop says Kansas City is four and four, despite no one on the team playing as well as they can. They are at least 500. Uh, he says no Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean no points. He would lean toward taking the over. I'm not so sure about that, but that's what Boop says. Anyway, his pick, he likes the Chiefs, you know, as a fan. He's picking the Chiefs, and I'm picking the Chiefs as well. I was actually going to go Green Bay until the Aaron Rodgers news came out today. And as if you don't know, he uh, tested positive for COVID. Word is he is not vaccinated. He said he was immunized through some homeopathic treatment or whatever. The league didn't buy that. And uh, he has COVID. He will be out for at least one game, maybe two. I'm picking the Chiefs, so is Boop. Yeah, so am I. And I was going to pick the Packers as well. Went, to, went against Rodgers last time. Uh, I, and I said when I did it, I don't like to go against Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Did it anyway. Lost. Uh, so we're all up on the Chiefs, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, Broncos versus Cowboys. Cowboys minus 10. Chet, I'm going to tell you right now. Cowboys might be the best team in the NFC, and it might not be close. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. They're certainly the best team in the NFC East. I don't know if I'd put them up there with the Packers or Rams or Cardinals just yet, but it's close. It is close. Boop says Denver finally has a road trip that does not take them to Eastern time zone. Doesn't matter. They'll be on Jerry's time here in Dallas. His pick is the Cowboys. Boop says, want to bet? Try for something along the Cowboys rushing game. The Broncos were torched for 182 yards by the Browns two weeks ago. Anyway, Boop does pick the Cowboys, and so do I. It kills me to pick the Cowboys almost every week, but, yeah, they're going to win. And, and it kills me to say that I think they're really good, but I, unfortunately, I think they're really good. And it, it's maybe because I, I don't think there's a lot of other teams that are really good. I'm not sure they're a great football team, but they're pretty good compared to what we've seen here in the first half of the season. I will give them credit for what happened Sunday night with Cooper Rush filling in, making his first start in his, what, seventh year in the league or whatever, age 27. Cooper Rush threw for over 300 yards, looked good, and the Cowboys rallied to get the win. So uh, congrats to him. <sighs> Damn Cowboys. But we can't say congrats to them, that's for no, sure. No, I will not say that. All right, Raiders visit the Giants. Uh, Raiders minus three. They got a lot of turmoil going on out there in uh, Las Vegas. Boop says New York beat the Panthers, almost beat the Chiefs. Yeah, they did, but their bubble has to burst soon. Boop picks the Raiders. He says, uh, if you want to bet, Vegas has posted 30-plus points on the board in four of their seven games. Find a team over, in terms of betting, an over, uh, of 28 or more points for the Raiders and win some real cash, says Boop. Again, that's him. I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I will take Vegas to beat the New York Giants. I'm gonna reach out and take Giants. I gotta get it. I gotta get a game back. So here, oh, this is boy. my game. This is my game back this time. I'll take the Giants. Didn't work out for, so well for you last week, Bill. No, but uh, I gotta. <laughs> I gotta grab one. We can't all take the same picks. I can't make up ground that way. I know. Chargers, Eagles, Chargers minus uh, one and a half coming to town. Interesting line. I mean, that's almost an Eagles line by the fact that it is so close. Uh, they're saying they may have some faith in the Eagles at home. Boop says, yeah, we know it was just the lines, but 44 points is 44 points. His pick is the Eagles. He says, want to bet? L.A. has already given up 42 in a game this season. Find an Eagles over you like, say, in the 27 and a half area. So Boop thinks the Eagles are going to put some points on the board and win the game. He says 27 and a half. How about that? I say the Eagles win the game 27, 23. Well, 
I am reluctantly going to take the Eagles in this game because I can't go against them again. Uh, I, I, they're just not good. I, they're not. I, I can't get lost in that game last week. It was great. You can't apologize for winning, like I always say. But uh, I'm not. I'm not flying onto that bandwagon now that they're anything other than what they are which is not a good football team. Yeah, I'm not going to get carried away by a, a big win over the worst team in the league, but uh, you, you want to see some follow-through now. You want to see them run the ball. You want to see the aggressive defense again. And if they do that, as Kevin noted, the schedule gets a lot easier in the second half of the season. I mean, every game is winnable. They're certainly not going to run the table, but they should theoretically be in every game. So they're going to bring some excitement back to uh, the fan base if they can pull off this win on Sunday. And by the way, Bill, I'm going to be there. Uh-oh. Can I change which, my pick? Yeah, which means they're probably going <laughs> to lose because I think they've lost six in a row with me in attendance, but that's just an aside. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, Boops, website, Twitter account. Lay it out there. He, uh, You can find some stuff on bettersinsider.com. Don't go to boopstats.com. That's old stuff there. But do go to Boop's Twitter, and that is at boopstats. That's A, or I mean at B-O-O-P-S-T-A-T-S, at boopstats on Twitter. There you go. We got to catch up, that's for sure. But it's only midseason. We got a long way to go yet, Jet. All right. All right. Great guest tonight in Kevin Riley, Gina Mizell. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? This show's flying by, Chet. Bill, next week we're going to have our annual visit from former Eagles and Philadelphia and Baltimore Stars tight end who run these days runs Jersey Man and Philly Man magazine, among other things. I got a picture of him somewhere. There he is in that fancy uh, Eagles jacket. Our pal Ken Dunnick. He's a busy guy. He's got uh, his Unmasking the Legacy uh, event that they hold every November. That is tomorrow night. And he does his uh, weekly podcast with our old pal, Mark Eckel, And he's going to join us next week right here. And by the way, uh, second guest, he's not even a guest anymore. Boop is going to join us to talk a little football as well. Sounds good. All right, uh, Chet, as we mentioned, the Flyers went to Western Canada. They won two out of three. Not an, always an easy thing to do. They followed up with a 3 nothing shutout last night against the winless Arizona squad. Uh, they moved the record to 5-2-1. Uh, until the third period last night, it seemed like the, the goal-scoring machine kind of stopped, but uh, they put in three in the third to get a nice uh, shutout behind Carter Hart. Bottom line, as he said, they won two out of three out west, which is not always easy. Uh, they came back home and they got a shutout victory. Granted, it was over a bad team, but they are 5-2-1, and one, as we noted. Carter Hart is playing well. That's the great thing. Got his third career shutout. The bad news, even with a very good record through eight games, there are three teams ahead of them, all playing very well. Carolina is still unbeaten, incredibly, at 8-0. The Rangers playing better than expected, so it's a long season. But eight games in, so far, so good for the Flyers. Dan, I guess Pittsburgh is up next, and uh, yeah. Crosby also has COVID. So I heard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we so won't no, be no seeing any, uh, any Crosby. So Hey, Bill, uh, Bill I want to play a little game with you, okay? Sean Couturier, Tuesday night, played in his 700th game as a flyer. Hard to believe he's been a flyer 10 years already. That just blew my mind. And somebody on the radio pregame show, as I was driving home, said that that put him in fourth place all-time with the Flyers. That is not true. I knew that was not true. I looked it up. He's actually 12th on the list of games played. How many of the 11 guys ahead of him in terms of games played can you name without looking it up? Four or five should be easy. 
I saw the list. Ah, well, then it's really easy. They had they had it on the list. They had it on the game last night. Actually, I thought he was. I thought they said he was tenth. He's twelfth. I got the list. If if he's twelfth, yeah. I'm not going to make you do it then. But 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 what they were talking about during the game um, is that BNC so young just signed a long term contract and is already at seven hundred. The chances of catching that Bobby number for him is, is definitely a possibility. Yeah, if he stays with the Flyers, I mean, uh, you know, what, what is well, he? Well, he just signed a long term deal. Yeah, he just signed yeah. a long term deal. Yeah, because yeah. he came up uh, at, at age nineteen or whatever. So I guess he's about twenty nine right now. And you know, if you play to thirty five and you stay healthy, he's got a shot. He will certainly, you would think, pass Dornhofer and Voracek and Desjardins and Bob Kelly and Rick McLeish and Joe Watson and Chris Terrian because uh, they're all one season away. So uh, he will definitely go into the top four and maybe even the top three if he sticks around so and he's an underrated guy sean couturier having another solid season and uh 700 games in he's still going strong yeah actually if you look up on that list he could already he could get all the way over to that 753 number oh uh, yeah this year he could get yeah Yeah. he could because that's 53 games from now and they're only eight games in so if he stays healthy he'll finish the year uh in number five spot yep Yep, and yep. Claude Giroux will pass the 1,000-game mark as well this year. Yeah, he'll pass if, Clark, too, if they keep him around for another couple of years. Right, and he's having a good start, too. And that's he is, good indeed. To see. Yes, indeed. Yep. All right, good stuff. Uh, let's take another break and give a thank, a shout-out to our friends at PBCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page, so people can take a chance of winning something. They may not be able to afford or have access to all items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continue, continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razzes that gives you greater odds of winning. Who doesn't like to win? Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Mr. Chesco, I understand that you have a parting shot tonight. I'm trying to figure out where the brass room got to. I know it's on the screen, but I want to get rid of it. And there it goes. There it goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. This technology. We got we got so many things here. It's like a, a lengthy list of things to add to the screen. And it gets a plethora. The time. A, a plethora. plethora that's a word. I always like that word, plethora. You know what other uh, keyword I like? Penultimate. The next to last. I like saying penultimate. But that's just an aside. Parting shot, you say, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, I got that, Bill. Uh, The Atlanta Braves won the World Series Tuesday night. Hard to believe, but the Phillies swept the Braves, a three-game series, to open the season last spring. And on September 25th, next to the last weekend of the regular season, the Phillies were just a game and a half behind the Braves. Now, five weeks later, it, it suddenly feels like the Braves are a mile and a half ahead of the Phillies. Remember promising 24-year-old pitcher Mike Soroka, a potential future race, missed the entire season with a torn Achilles. He'll be back. Barcel Ozuna missed most of the year with legal issues. And most significantly, the Braves lost Ronald Acuna Jr. for the season on July 10th with an ACL tear. But just ahead of the trade deadline, what did Braves management do? Well, they made several moves, acquiring the likes of Joe Pet or Jock Pedersen, uh, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, and, oh, yeah, World Series MVP Jorge Solero. And they didn't have to gut their farm system to do it. If I'm not mistaken, very few experts figured the Braves would beat the Brewers, and pretty much everyone 
thought that they would lose to the Dodgers in the NLCS. Nope. And then they handled the Astros in the series in six games. The Braves still have a lot of young talent and solid pitching and will be automatic favorites now to win the NL East next year. I still hate the chop, but how can you not like Freddie Freeman and that Brian Snitker story as well, a, a lifetime Brave, 44 years or whatever. I have to give props to the Braves. I won't do it to the Cowboys ever, but I'll give props to the Braves and their management for a terrific season. Phillies, learn from it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the stars certainly for them. Every every deal they made turned out to be a good deal. Uh, you know, and we've always say this: you you get hot at the right time, and and the Atlanta Braves certainly did. They lost Charlie uh, Morton, who looked like he somehow he became the race throwing game one of the World Series, and threw a guy out there with about like one career start, and uh, they didn't win that particular game, but he he went out there and held his own and. Uh, you know, they, they pushed the right buttons and uh, got to certainly give them credit. Uh, I don't know that every general manager is able to pull off what they did, but they did it this time and certainly hats off to them. If anybody asks, candy bars and beer don't really go together. That's what I was going to ask you. Aren't you drinking a beer <laughs> over there? Now you're eating candy. Wine and Kugel's collaboration lager. Now, this one is um, an amber lager with imported German malts and American hops. So they collaborated, the Americans and the Germans working together on beer. That's a beautiful thing. I hope Miss Linda's not watching because she's not going to be happy with your choice of diet right at the moment. Are you kidding? Does she ever watch this show? No. <laughs> does she know you do a show? She does. At oh, least I okay. tell her that that's where I am every Wednesday night. I tell her we got a big show. Hey, um, uh, Kevin mentioned that he'll be helping to induct Bill Bradley into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame tomorrow evening, Thursday. Um, several other new members going in. Congrats to all of them. The list includes not only Super Bill, but former Coatesville and NBA champion Rip Hamilton, ex-Cheney basketball star Yolanda Laney, ex-Flyer Mark Recchi, late Phillies manager Dallas Green, and one of my favorite all-time Eagles, as you know, Seth Joyner. Yep. Good list. Certainly a good list. Yeah. And uh, good. Shame you can't be there. I know. Next year, I'm going to have – I'm going to get there because I have more days off available at my real job. So I will be there next year, damn it. All right. You ready to wrap it up? You got anything else? Let's wrap it up. Uh, we're not going to talk Penn State, as I said. Uh, are they going to win this week? Probably not. <laughs> mm. All right. Let's thank tonight's special guests, Kevin Riley and Gina Mizell, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy, All State Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll join Philly Press Fox Radio next Wednesday, November 10th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Let's do the song. Come on. On Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Let's go, everybody. Let's do the song.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.